Welcome to the Bangers List Podcast. Where it's like those shitty reviews you see online have just gained sentience and now they found mics and they have a podcast. And every yeah, week we try to share a new song with you guys from a playlist that we've been making for the last couple of years. And this week, it's just Daniel and I, no Julian, unfortunately. How you doing, buddy? Mate, I am uh, fantastic. All things considered, how you doing? I'm not too bad. Uh, what song are we doing this week? Mate, we have got a, uh, a banger from Alter Bridge, something a little bit different. It's called Forever Falling. Now, this is probably, it's different in the sense that it's probably one of the only songs, one of the very few songs anyway, with uh, no unclean vocals in it whatsoever. And uh, you know what? As a matter of fact, this is probably the only band in the playlist that doesn't do screams at all. So that's why Julian is not here, because you've offended mm. him so severely that he's yeah. just decided to skip this whole episode altogether. Um, so it bangs, but it doesn't scream. That's what you're trying to sell to us. Well, that's that's right. You know, so we're coming at it from a different angle here, appealing to a wider audience, I feel. All right, well, we'll jump into a sample. We'll break it down after. So, Alter Bridge, a band formed in about 2004, I believe. Now, uh, most of you will know a band called Creed. I'm sure they were you know, a very famous band in the late 90s, early noughties. Now, three of the four members from Creed actually left the band and formed Alter Bridge with a new singer called Miles Kennedy. So, a bit of a, a different kind of approach. You can definitely hear some similarities between Creed and, uh, and Alter Bridge. But Christian rock genre to something a, bit, uh, a little bit heavier and i guess a little bit sort of, sort of more musically advanced and i guess kind of like kind of like they sort of escape from their shell i suppose yeah. came out of their shell and just really sort of let rip and then played to their full potential in alter bridge and yeah so what genre was creed like rock but like soft rock and these guys yeah. are kind of like hard rock not that there's much difference there but well, it's funny to say i think creed though they had a lot of mainstream success which alter bridge haven't quite got yeah but, why not what's going on there um, well i think you know creed is it, it the timing is a big thing i think creed sort of came on in this post grunge era uh, around the same time the new new metal kind of kicked off as well and it was all like yeah. all these different genres or sub-genres of rock and metal that were starting to take shape and Creed were sort of in amongst all of that. And Yeah, like watching your TV or yeah. listening to your radio, they were on there a lot, so it was kind of forced. Right. Yeah. Didn't yeah, have a little, all this other stuff to hear music, uh, I think. That's right. You know, a rock band that's played on uh, your, your local radio stations frequently and, you know, they've got songs to this day that, that people still remember. You know, and if they with the arms wide open, yeah, <laughs> that that's, that's the one. Yeah, <laughs> songs such as that, but you know, with Alter Bridge. I guess they're kind of a, a different beast altogether. Whilst, like I mentioned earlier, you can hear a lot of similarities between the two in terms of the sound and, you know, at the core, there's a lot of similarities there. But at the end of the day, it's three of the four original Creed members. But it's just they're approaching it differently. The songwriting's different. Uh, someone said, like, they can, they're can they a lot heavier than they were in Creed. Like, someone's given them that direction, you know, like, be heavier, play faster, more of the distortion and stuff. Creed didn't have as much of that, I feel. That's right. Yeah. So like as if they've got more freedom to play uh, what they what they kind of want to do. Whereas with Creed, I think I actually looked up some um, some interviews with Mark Tremonti, the lead guitarist from Alter Bridge and Creed. And he uh, he stated that in Creed, there was definitely a lot more pressure to perform to the record label's desire and, oh, okay. and, to, ad- and to adhere to the, the plans that they put forward, which he understood because, you know, it's important to progress his career and didn't want to hold the band back commercially and 
he wanted to make a living from it. So he did that the wise thing there but in Alter Bridge it's like they've sort of taken a little step back from that and actually focused more so on themselves as musicians and and like I said earlier playing to the best of their abilities and they continue to grow and get better as you, you sort of notice throughout their discography they get better every time it's debatable as to whether the songs are more memorable or or certain albums are better than others but you can definitely tell as musicians they grow every single album so yeah, so with this band, they've got more creative freedom, I guess, as you're saying. But I wonder yeah. if having that creative freedom is better than having like some direction for your creativity. Because, you know, you might be creative as, but you're not finish anything or you'll get halfway through a song and then scrap it and never actually get anything done. So I guess it depends what's going to be best for the band and if they're making enough money, completing enough stuff, releasing enough albums, blah, 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 all that to actually be going forward, you know? Yeah, yeah, so, it's fascinating. Hey, I don't know, like... They definitely would have made the, a bucket load from Creed. Coming into Alter Bridge, like, you know, they, they, like I said, they don't quite have the commercial and uh, mainstream success that Creed had, but Alter Bridge can still pack big crowds. Uh, they'll, you know, at festivals, they'll, they'll play on the big stages. They'll, they'll draw a massive crowd. They'll get everyone involved. And they've got a, quite a big name for themselves. I think most people who listen to, you know, like, like you or myself or Julian, who listen to rock and metal frequently would have at least heard of Alter Bridge. But yeah, in, in answer to your thoughts or in response to your thoughts about the creative process, I guess, yeah, sort of, you've you got to find the right kind of balance, I suppose, I guess. And you think about, you know, what's going to be good at a financial level and also what's going to be good for the band and for you as, as musicians and, and personal growth and development. And you've got to be happy. I think it's important. You've got to be happy with what you're putting out. Yeah. And it, it is interesting that Miles Kennedy, who you said was the lead singer of the band, mm-hmm. I read that he he prefers to play at like smaller arenas. And a lot of the time the band will play at smaller arenas because they like to put on shows that seem more, you know, private and personal. Yeah. And they release all their albums to kind of fund that approach of doing shows like that. They do yeah. play the festivals, like you said, but mm. they seem to prefer the smaller shows, which I think is very cool. Yeah, no, th- absolutely. And I, I really, yeah, that, that that does make a lot of sense, especially, you know, the more you get into the, the members of this band. Miles Kennedy in particular, like he's, he's one of the musicians that I have probably the most – utmost respect for on this you got planet. a man crush you got a man crush oh, a bit of a man crush you wish you, know? you could sing like this guy <laughs> the, i wish i had the hair of that guy too tell you what <laughs> look he's uh an absolute beast of a musician his his vocal range is he's got to be up there with the world's best you know he's just like axel rose large he, like like, look well, funny you funny mentioned that so, uh, miles kenny's actually done a few albums with the slashes solo or side project, I guess you call it, Slash's solo career. I think they end up forming a, a little side project called Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. So and a very lengthy name there. But Miles has been a part of, I think, four Slash albums now. And the, the first Slash album solo, the first Slash solo album that was officially produced was included a a range of singers, uh, Ozzy Osbourne, uh, Lemmy from Motorhead, M Shadows from Avenged Sevenfold, and then Miles Kennedy featured on a couple of songs and then Slash and Miles actually really gelled. And yeah, it was, and they kind of, they kind of just took off from there. And then, you know, they, they just really had a good chemistry. So they toured and they, they hit it off. And then, and Miles could not only do the, the songs that Slash wanted to write, but he could also perform a Guns N' Roses song to, you know, to the same quality, if not better than Axl Rose. Yeah. So uh, you'd, I remember actually, 
I've, I saw Slash perform live with Miles Kennedy uh, at a, a Soundwave festival, probably I think it's 2000 when Iron Maiden headlined and saw them saw them twice. And man, it was a good show. And I just remember thinking, geez, this guy can sing like he's just nailing those ridiculously high notes that Axel would Axel would hit and with, with seeming ease as well. It just amazed me. So his vocal skill live is just as good as in uh, recording. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's good. That's right. And then back to sort of the atmospheric approach that they have with their writing. Uh, it rings true with Miles in particular. He's actually, I think it was 2018, back up of 2018, he released a, uh, a solo album called Year of the Tiger, where it's basically all him. I think he's got a couple of guest musicians, but it's a really stripped back guitar and vocal dominant album and most mostly acoustic, a lot of slide guitar. So a different spin on, on things, but he's done yeah, a lot of... The, the tour they did support that played a lot of those smaller venues might only be in front of like a few hundred people, but it's just a bit more intimate. And I think that's the kind of, that's the kind of approach he was going for with uh, when writing that album too. And that's kind of what he. Yeah. So what, a lot of that small audience stuff that he's into. Yeah. That was his, that was his vision. And then, you know, they, that carries across to Alter Bridge uh, somewhat as well, I believe. I know we'd have to ask them about it a bit more about the, how it sort of influences their songwriting process, but <laughs> Uh, look, it's yeah, interesting to sort of to think about that and how different musicians uh, aspire to write certain songs and how they vision it and what are, when they're writing the song, what are they what are they envisioning? Are they envisioning and playing in front of like a, a, a cafe of 20, 30 people, or are they or are they playing for a stadium? You know, yeah, they're writing to play in a stadium. So, and I personally think like when I hear Alter Bridge's stuff, especially their their latest stuff, it's got more of a, a stadium a stadium metal kind of vibe to it. They're just a really big sound, really, really yeah. big. They're trying to sell themselves and have people sing their choruses and stuff more. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, uh, yeah, very catchy, iconic choruses. And anthemic is probably the best way to describe it. Yeah. So. And now you've uh, convinced everybody that Miles Kennedy, the unknown singer, is better than uh, <laughs> Axl Rose. You might as well keep talking shit about people. Um, do you think he's better than the Creed singer? Scott Stapp? Oh, Scott yeah, Stapp. I think uh, absolutely, yeah. I do. Like, I've, once again, Scott Stapp. You know, he's a, a good musician in his own right. Fantastic singer. Has a unique voice, as as I think that's pretty fair to say, as you very kindly imitated earlier. Um, <laughs> oh, I can do it again, mate. <laughs> yeah, look, let's let's just maybe leave that for the, uh, the post, post-credits or something, the bloopers, hey? Um, and, yeah, I think he's got a sensational voice, but Miles is definitely the better singer, without a doubt, in terms it's- of vocal range, technique, the the notes he can the notes he can hit with so much ease and the stamina like just just he ticks so many more boxes you know he's a, a world class singer yeah and without Scott Stapp's life falling apart chances are we wouldn't have Alter Bridge today because you know we hear it all the time the lead singer has things like depression and addiction and mm. bipolar and stuff like that and Scott Stapp's done all the stuff you know and he left the yeah. band because of the problems he was causing. Now, now he's born again religion, trying to sing and do stuff again. But at the time, you know, mm. because he fell apart and everyone was like, we can't do the work with this guy anymore. He's just garbage. Mm. Those three guys were lucky to find Miles or Miles to find oh, them. They and struck come gold together. there, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it, like I said, it's, it is still interesting that the band hasn't gone as mainstream with the basic, it's just a singer that's changed and they still can't find that level of um, fame and mm. popularity, which it's, yeah, it's yeah. weird. It, that almost says that the original singer was better, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, look. If you look at if you look at the figures, I mean, I'm sure that yeah, in record sales and everything, I'm sure that yeah, Creed would no doubt be miles ahead of uh, 
of Alterbridge, but I don't know. It's just, it's just how do you rate success these days? Because I think Alterbridge came to sort of came to be when uh, digi- the digital music scene kind of started to take over, and just you know, in the days of piracy sort of started to kick off a bit more. So mm. I think they came at an awkward time as well, where record sales started to not mean so much. Um, yeah, so it's hard to fund your like touring career in small venues when you're not selling many records because the mm. market isn't there anymore. Mm. Yeah, so yeah, it's, it's interesting, but. I think with Scott Stapp too, like I'm sure he was, you know, that they certainly had their differences as has been quite well documented, but give, give this like a three star. Maybe I read that one of the reasons why they left or that they disbanded Creed was actually due to the bassist, Brian Marshall. He wanted to leave and then the other guys kind of followed suit. So I think it might've been Brian Marshall's differences with Scott Stapp that that was kind of the catalyst for it. Um, oh, okay. And then they started writing other material. There's actually this awkward little crossover period where Creed still existed technically. They weren't offic- hadn't officially broken up, and Alter Bridge had been announced. Uh, I think so, they did a, yeah. a, a tour or a live show a few years ago as Creed. Yeah, yeah. So look, that's... they they re- Creed reunited in 2009. I'm not sure if they. I think they're still technically together, but it's just that they're just not really heard of anymore. I think they, they, yeah. they hit a niche and they, they struck gold with their timing. You know, Alter Bridge is a much more sustainable kind of kind of lineup and sound that's definitely sort of been able to uh, stand the test of time a little bit more. And that's, you know, you look at the four Alter Bridge members that have been there since the start. That, that's pretty rare, I feel, these days. Um, whether it's it only be, a decade, though. Uh, oh, look, we're 2004, we're going on 16 Oh, sorry, six, fucking Jesus Christ. I thought it was 2015 yeah. still. Yeah, <laughs> look, yeah, don't remind me, man. Don't remind me. I think I might have had hair in 2015, I don't know. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. let's, let's be real, I was just hanging on. Man, you but, came uh, out of the womb. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right? Look, maybe we should get into talking about the song a bit. I could talk yeah, the about actual Alter, song. Alter Bridge for actual for <laughs> hours. So you got to stop me, man. Like, Yeah, the song itself. I'll get you straight into it. So why did you put this one on the list? Why is it bangers list worthy? Well, because Alter Bridge, I think they tread the line between hard rock and heavy metal. That's what I feel. This one, I think, just crosses that line into the heavy metal genre. Mm-hmm. Yep. I picked it because it's, you know, when this... When this album came out, so this album, uh, Forever Falling, so the song Forever Falling is off the album, Walk the Sky. When Walk the Sky came out uh, mid last year is when we were sort of starting to get these podcasts going. And I, I thought it was a, a kind of a fitting one because, you know, we had a lot of uh, a lot of hardcore, hardcore driven songs on the list. And I think it was time to mix it up a bit to kind of show you guys and also all our wonderful listeners that uh, <laughs> there's, more there's, there's, the there's more to metal than, than just hardcore or post-hardcore, you know? So, yeah, look, okay, fair enough. I'll, I'll pay that one because uh, sometimes it does seem like we are right in our niche of uh, new metal yeah. and hardcore and stuff. So it mm. is good to branch out sometimes. Yeah. And you don't need to, I guess the point is, is you don't need to scream to be a heavy metal band. Maybe, maybe you know, that's, that's the uh, perception these days, but I, I don't know. Like, I think, you know, if you think back to where heavy metal started. Like was, 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 yeah. I made him as far back as Black Sabbath. Uh, yeah. Okay. Any, any screams? No. Not at all. So this is just a, a looking at it from a different angle. Yeah. The first 30 seconds of this song, it's just, uh, you know, finger picking some notes here and there. Well, yeah, um, it's like a Creed intro. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. And it goes for like 30 seconds yeah. and I was like, it doesn't quite bang at all. But then it's almost like a jarring change into the actual song where it just gets fast, heavy, distorted guitars, and then it, it's off and racing. Yeah. You, I almost feel like it doesn't need that intro. Is that intro leading off from another song or something? Or what's the go with that? Look, no, I think it's the song definitely kind of stands alone. I have to have a listen to the album and how it flows again. But from memory, uh, there was a song preceding it 
I can't remember the track, but it sort of, it, it fades or it kind of stops and there's just like a, a few seconds and then the, the intro will, for Forever Falling will kind of kick in. But I actually think it's a very tasteful intro because it's sort of, I guess you're hooked. It's like, what's going, what's going on here? Like, this is a bit, this is a bit different. Like, are we, are we getting a bit of a ballad? What's happening? And then, you know, is, is this a Creed song? Is this a Creed remake? What is this? And then all of a sudden it's uh, the heavy riffage kicks in and uh, it's like, you know, just kind of grabs you and says, come on, we're going for a ride. Let's do this shit. And... <laughs> It's basically two intros, right? So that little, the finger picking stuff at the start and then it rolls into mm-hmm. the distorted guitar. That, those two sections are repeated, I believe, right at the end, kind of tying the whole song together, right? Yeah. So that's, mm. it's interesting that they've done that. They almost could have left out the part at the start and just had it at the end, but yeah, I, I can each, each to their own, yeah. Like I think, and you've got to think about it from a songwriting perspective and the picture they're trying to paint here. And I know like the meaning of this song, I think it's about a constant struggle. And yeah, steps forward, three steps yeah, back. Yeah, kind of, you know, yeah. and just the, the difficulties in trying to overcome that struggle in life. And, uh, you know, if you, you think about the, the, the intro, it's very kind of not, not, I don't know if bittersweet's the right, is the right word, but a it's, sense of, uh, it's clarity there. It's quite, it's calm. It could be showing like that kind of, yeah, it is, it is calm. Um, yeah. And, and perhaps it's sort of very melancholy sort of. Yeah. Intro, I, I, I think this whole album, from what I heard, um, a lot of the songs have like really dark meanings. It's all stuff to do with like addiction mm. and sadness and struggling, I think. So yeah, it's interesting that the, yeah, no miles, nice uh, guitar yeah, miles, uh, with his lyrical content. I think he's a, Kind of got a some sometimes got a bit of an actor activist approach. Uh, he's done some songs that with the underlying message about climate change deniers. Um, I don't think that was on this album. I think it was on the previous one. And and yeah, they've talked about religion. That he's not afraid to speak his mind mm. when it comes to his lyrical content. And, hey, maybe that's why they're not getting famous because someone that has the power but is also religious said, "No, you will not be a famous band with that kind of content." <laughs> we did it once with Rage Against the Machine. Never again. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah rage against the machine eh? what what a time to be alive i mean we were a bit too young to remember that but you know uh and it's it's interesting you mentioned the, the religion side of things so creed are, are a renowned christian band yeah exactly. christian rock band and you know one of probably one of the more iconic ones to have ever graced this planet right but <laughs> alter bridge basically the same members but they're not a christian band and miles kennedy is actually not a uh from what i've from what i've read he's not actually a believer in God that doesn't really support religion, even though his is either his father, I think it was his stepfather, is or was a priest, and they're very you know raised up at a very religious background, always went to church, and but as he sort of you know developed his own opinions and and views on life, he steered steered clear from that, and uh, good on him. Yeah, and then and then Mark Tremonti, the I guess the equal amount of involvement in the songwriting as Miles might. In Alter Bridge, uh, he coming from Creed, you'd think he's got a he's got strong Christian views, and yeah, he still I think he still goes to church. He's got kids; he takes his kids to church, and but he's not a religious fanatic by any means. If that yeah. makes sense, so he's he saw, he stated that he has his own views that he believes that there is something out there. Uh, like you kind of you can't really prove it. You can't Watch really my ignorance. It, it sounds like he's an agnostic, <laughs> right? Yeah, and he actually, someone actually, I saw an interview, I think it was a Loudwire interview, asking about his religious views, and they actually asked him directly, like, would you say you're agnostic? And he said, look, his views on God and religion are probably incomparable to, to anyone else's. Like, Interesting. Yeah, he, like, he does. I guess it's, if it ties into anything, though, it would probably be, you know, it would probably be that. But okay. yeah, Did you know that he named Alter Bridge after, like, a bridge on a road down the road from his house? Yeah, I heard about that. 
That's pretty cool. It's almost okay. a five kind of thing, you know. I was going to say, I was just seeing the same thing. It's, <laughs> it's very interesting, but it's it's very personal, and yeah. I think that's cool. You know, it's it worked. It really works. And uh, just to finish off that religion conversation, because I, once again, could go for hours. So uh, don't don't let me go on too much about this. But uh, there's one one song in particular by Alter Bridge called um, Oh Oh Mental Blank. It'll come to me. Um, oh, words the- words darker than their wings. Okay. And, and it's uh, Miles Kennedy and Mark Tremonti. They share the, the lead vocals and because Tremonti's a sensational singer and we'll get into that in a second. But the, actual, the song is actually a conversation about, about that very topic we were just talking about, that debate about, you know, does God exist or is, is, there, is there nothing, you know? What, and it's just that kind of back and forth uh, between the two of them and sharing their views is a very interesting way of approaching a, a song and how to compose it and write yeah, it. Yeah, that is a cool idea. Yeah, but it's a fantastic song and it's actually a live take of that. They performed at Albert Hall in, uh, I think that's the Albert Hall in London. Does that sound right? What nope. do you reckon? Somewhere in the UK. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they, they performed there with an orchestra backing them and oh, it was a, just a sensational performance. Yeah. Absolutely sensational. So there we go. Royal Albert Hall. It's in London. Yep. I knew it. Fucking knew it. Uh, so anyway, so talking about Tremonti singing ties us back into this song. So Mark Tremonti, as much as I, I love Miles Kennedy, um, the song I've actually picked for this playlist has Tremonti on the lead vocals for the most. Oh, of it. Are you so. fucking serious? Because I was going to say <laughs> something about this song. Um, so there's obviously harmonies in it, and you always say, yeah. "Oh, you've got to hear Miles Kennedy's harmonies; they're so good." And in this song, the harmonies almost sound out of time or bad or something different. I yeah, I think it was the, it was the, there was a mix. There's something with the mix. It's very busy. There's like a lot of traffic, and it's just a, a lot of layers. And I think. I, I don't mind it because I think it just makes it sound a bit uh, a bit grungier, you know. Okay. It, I thought it was too much sort of reverb, too much mm. reverb on yeah. the vocals, giving it that almost twangy kind of sound. Mm. And I think, uh, yeah, and I think when you're going for when you're trying to track harmonies, I think it's really for it to have the have its full effect. It depends what you're going for, but if you want to have its full effect, you need it to be very crisp, you know. You know like you need to that the recordings need to be kind of dead on. They have to be spot on. There's no room for error when you're doing these harmonies. Not at all. People will pick it up and they'll tear you apart every time. I I think anyway, unless you've got an untrained shitty ear like me and you can't really hear the fuck ups, (laughs) but I know with you, you're like, this is, this is slightly out and it's awful. (laughs) Well, look, and I don't think that's the case in this song. I just think it's just because there's a lot going on. Uh, The guitars have a really massive sound. I think they just overpower the the vocals sometimes okay. as well and anyways you know, the the mixing and the, the mastering could have I don't I don't think it's a bad thing by any means I think that could have been what they were going for but if you listen carefully in the the back end of the the chorus that's when you can hear Miles Kennedy's vocals cut through a lot more I think when he says carry this light away you hear one one voice go down one voice go up the one going up is of course Miles but oh, Bruce Tremonti has this yeah Miles definitely has the range and the vocal vocal capabilities out of this world but. Tremonti is, uh, he has a very unique and very rich tone, almost bluesy, I guess you could say. Mm. He's got some solo stuff out there too. Has featured pretty heavily in, in vocals, does, you know, the, all the all the core of the backing vocals and every now and then chimes in with some lead vocals on mm. one, one, probably one or two songs per album on average. Yeah, it's like everyone in this band basically has like a side project or two or something or came from... You know, they were doing a yeah. side project and then like it didn't work or it did work and it's it's weird how busy busy they are. But yeah. this 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 album I think apparently they wrote it in a couple of weeks. Oh this is this that album? Because one of their uh, albums they wrote under two months, which I d I don't know if that's that, that sounds incredibly fast for a band. I heard that they wrote this song in about five weeks. So, sorry, not this song. One five weeks, one song. <laughs> oh. 
they wrote this album, Walk the Sky, which is last year, 2019, okay. uh, in five weeks. 2015 would have been, I don't think they had anything in 2015. They had Fortress, not Fortress, uh, The Last Hero in 2000, 2016. Um, yeah. That could have been that one, but I, I don't know. Like it's, I, I doubt, I just find it hard to believe it could have been done in two weeks because it's such a... Five look, months, a, five weeks, whatever. Yeah, but... Between, um, in that time period, that's... You know, a song every couple of days, completely finished. Solid effort, if that's the case. But can't say for sure there. But, you know, it goes down to the whole writing and recording process. Like how much of it is written and demoed. Sometimes you got it down to a T and you've been rehearsing it for so long that you've got very little in the way of editing to do. They got you got they might have the mix. Like you might be pretty happy with it at the demo level. And all you got to do is go record, you know, tweak a few things here and there and send it off for mastering and well, it's done. Whereas other times they might be writing as they're recording as well. So it just depends mm. on how prepared they are up front too. Yeah. It's like we've been told before that the better you can play your song when you're recording it and the tighter it is, the less fucking around has to be done to make it sound better. Yeah. So maybe they just like slapped all this together and then it sounds a bit rough around the edges. I don't know. Yeah. Who, who knows? End of the day, like they, they were happy. They would have had their reasons. They would have been, they would have been happy with it at the end of the day. I think they're with, I'm not sure with which record label they're with now, but I think they're happy. There might be, it might be Roadrunner Records. So unless they signed up to someone differently in the last couple of years, someone different, I'm not sure. Their, their original record label screwed them over quite a bit. Ended up going back on some, uh, falling back on some agreements that they'd had. And Alter Bridge were actually, you know, had to, requested to leave that label, but there was going to be a lawsuit and everything. And they oh eventually came to an agreement, but it was revealed later by Tremonti that they had to pay off that record label. Fuck. Because I guess when you sign a deal for a record label, what happens is it'll be for X amount of albums that yeah. they help you produce. But I wonder how many of these contracts say like, X amount of profit or income has to be made as well and like how it gets all hard to do oh, with there. Yeah, you, you hear about it. You hear about and, it regularly. Yeah, and how much they would have had to pay this company if they, you know, say they had five album, albums and they've done two mm. and what this company expects, you know, three albums worth of money from the band because they'd signed a contract. Man, it's just, oh, it's fucking wild. Yeah. Scary. Yeah, the record labels, I mean, it's, it's I a scary thought. Money. Yeah, it's a scary thought. I mean, you know, how much you, how much do you want to compromise? And yeah. And you know, it's your your integrity that you got to compromise at the end of the day as a as a writer, as an artist. Yeah, I'm not. not no offense, but like, it's not like this record company was onto the next Katy Perry or something that was going to be no. huge for a couple of albums. Yeah, fuck. They got to do what they got to do, but it just it just sucks. I'm, I'm glad they made the made music. it through. Yeah, because we've talked about bands before that have had, had struggled really badly financially and fallen apart because of the pressures from the record labels and just the world. And right now, like the perfect example, the COVID-19 and the band we were going to talk about this week, but we're moving to next week. Like they had the same kind of thing happening too much pressure from right now or from record labels. It's just fucking hard. You know, when it yeah. comes down to money. Yeah, that's right. So, so good on them for still being around and yeah, making music. Abso- absolutely. I'm still kicking ass and still writing regularly. And, and they're, they're just so, so busy. A lot of them. I'm not, I'm not sure what Scott Phillips and Brian Marshall, that's a drummer and bass player respectively. I'm not sure how much they've got going on behind the scenes, but I know miles and, and, and Mark, they're constantly working. Yeah. It's a full-time they're, job. They're writing yeah. all the time. That's the thing about music and people that create stuff and creative people in general. If, if you're making money from it, it's basically a job. So these guys are going to be doing it all day, every day. And with that, they'll get better at it. Their creative juices will probably flow better if that makes sense, you know, because the more you write and create, the easier it gets to get into that mind space to be creating music. And so like, it would surprise me if they release an album in the next uh, year or two, because they had, uh, I think they had about a year between an albums a few years ago, right? Maybe two years tops. Two years. Yeah. I think there's, there's been, it was a very quick turnaround. 
That's very impressive, really. Yeah, I think there's three years between the last two, or two and a half to three, which seems to be the standard these days, sort of you know, two and a half, three years, because uh, you kind of, you'll you'll go through the recording the recording phase, writing recording phase, and then you'll get into promotion and then you'll release the album. And then if you're big enough, you'll do a world tour, which could last from anywhere from like a six months to two years. Yeah. And uh, yeah. sometimes longer and depending on how long that takes. And then there's a little bit of wind down period and then rinse and repeat, I guess it depends on the circumstances there as well. And, and some, some bands who just, pump out songs whereas others a bit longer and and just sort of rather than always looking for something to write they just wait for it to come to them yeah and wait for that inspiration so they can get into their groove i guess but yeah and so what a you know i've, I've talked for for fucking ages i guess julian's not here to hold me back <laughs> um actually but, listened to this song before the day we did the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> well look i've been uh raring to go with this one six months so <laughs> i'm glad we've we're glad we got there and uh but what are, you know, you've, you've given some thoughts here or there, but what are, what are your thoughts? Maybe the, perhaps the, the meaning of this song, uh, the lyrical content we've only sort of really touched on. Is there any, anything you kind of wanted to say about that? It was, like I said earlier, that I think it is about struggling and stuff and the whole album was kind of in that dark space. Yeah. And how it's like the familiarity with um, struggling and being sad and feeling like your life is ruined and stuff, which it sounds like one of them, one of the two lead uh, singers, writers might have mental illness almost. Not that it's documented anywhere that I've seen, mm. but... Again, that that age old thing that people just are oh, mentally ill, but I'll write about it and it'll make amazing music. Yeah, I mean, I know Miles has had struggles in the past, early on, early on his career. But yeah, not sure if there's anything sort of recently. Like they've they've all dealt with death and gone through hard times and as, it could as be about anything. Yeah, yeah. Look, and it could be about anything in the day. Like we'd have to ask them exactly what it's about. But no, we'll scoot him an email. We'll find out. Hey, <laughs> yeah, they'll get back to us. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Let's do the bangs, my man. Yeah, to the bangs. All right. Well, look, I'm going to say I'm going to give it an eight, a solid eight and a half. Eight, eight and a half. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think it's their best song, but I I dig and I think it. As I said, I picked this because I think it it provides something that sort of bridges the gap a little bit. Mm-hmm. But All right. Give it an eight and a half overall. So I'm going to give it a six because it slows down in the middle a lot, right? And songs that do that for me, I either need to listen to it enough that it grows me and that I enjoyed the slowed down part or for some other reason I like it, which is quite rare. Because of that reason, how it starts slow, goes up, 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 and then back down to slow and then ends fast. Yeah. It's just a, it made the song feel too long for me. Yeah, okay. And also yeah. some of the, like I said, the sounds in the lyrics, the harmonies. Mm. I, I hope I'm saying the right thing. The harmonies sounded a little bit weird or distorted to yeah. me uh, yeah no, i get you i get you there yeah. yeah i think for me that's pretty where it just fell down just a touch as well mm-hmm. like that's what stopped it from being a, a nine or a nine and a half yeah and i know miles kennedy isn't the singer in this song but when i no. some of those things i have heard him sing his voice is like it's so powerful yeah and the notes are always perfect and I, like, mm. this song wasn't quite that but it's it's different so that's yeah. fine no, so yeah abs- boom. absolutely absolutely six for this one boys for anyone out there wanting to give uh, Alter Bridge a bit more of a listen, if you haven't heard of heard much of their stuff, I mean, a couple of other songs that I think are definitely worth mentioning. Uh, I think we mentioned Words Darker Than Their Wings before with about the sort of religion, religion versus non-religion or God versus no God debate. Actually a very good song in, in its own right, uh, lyrics aside. I'd go for, if you want to hear Miles' vocals on display a bit more at, at the same time with all the other members of the band showcasing their full talent, I'd check out Title Track, the Last Hero off the album The Last Hero. Mm-hmm. And if you want to hear a bit more of Tremonti and and Miles doing a bit of a call and response kind of thing, uh, Waters Rising, which 
is off um, my favorite album by Alter Bridge, Fortress. So yeah, any any songs that that sort of well, you've given them a bit of a listen from time to time. Any songs that have kind of stuck with you over the years? Yeah, I like Island of Fools, and I that's think a great song. That would have been one of the first songs I heard after you introduced me to them, mm. and it kind of tricked me into thinking they were heavy and fast. <laughs> that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's. I, I think it's one of the heaviest songs, but then you're going to have to listen to the whole discography, so you might be able to correct yeah. me if I'm wrong there, but it's quite heavy. It is, it is on the heavier side for them. Mm. It is on the heavier side for them. That's it. Like I said, they walk that line between hard rock and metal, and I think, yeah, that's another one that kind of crosses that line, which, which is good. I think it's good to be able to dive back and forth, and depending on, I think it depends on what the song calls for and what you're feeling when you're writing it. Yeah, and how willing you are to risk losing a fan or 50,000, yeah. <laughs> 50, yeah. you know. Look, yeah, and for me personally, I'm grateful for anything they put out. It's such yeah. a, such yeah, good musicians, so much respect for them. And yeah, look, I'm sure there's a, I'm sure there's more to come. Hopefully. So, so April 2020, um, any new music coming out? Well, we've got, we've got uh, fr- this Friday, 24th of April, we've got the new Trivium album coming out, What the Dead Men Say. So they've released a few songs, a few tracks from that, and they've all been fucking brilliant, in my <laughs> <Okay>. opinion. Righto. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I'm really excited. I'm really excited for tell. Friday, and you know, just to, I, I can talk about I can talk about them because Julian's not here. But uh, Evanescence uh, have announced they're working on a new album. I think they're going to be releasing it gradually, is my impression, and they're releasing a new song from that album on on Friday as well. So that's going to be a great day for me. So don't talk to me. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dance Gavin Dance are releasing an album very soon as well, which I'm obviously excited for. We've talked about them in the past. We've also talked mm-hmm. about a band called Falling in Reverse, and I think uh, one of their mm. members passed away in over the last couple of yeah. days. So that's awfully sad news. But um, yeah, so Derek Jones, the rhythm guitarist, yep. um, might have had some lead roles as well. I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, rest in peace, buddy, and condolences to family, friends, and uh, Ronnie and the rest of the band. I mean, yeah, we really hope they can. Yeah, find he was a, strength to go on. That's right. He was the aside from Ronnie is the sole founding member. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's a big big loss. Very sad. Um, best wishes to them and hope they're doing okay. It's a strange uh, strange world we're living in at the moment. So for people having to deal with those kind of situations as well, it's uh, yeah, must be a really big challenge. So sending my oh, best. Yeah, fuck you. Like can't go to the funeral. Oh mm. damn, that's so stressful. Yes. Yes. It's rough, man. Really rough. Um, Let's try to end on a high note. Check this song out. Yeah. Let us know if you like it or if you hate it or if we should do more songs that are in this vein. And also share your songs with us again. More, please. Keep them coming. And uh, we'll be back uh, next week, hopefully. Sounds good. Uh, Tremonti MVP, by the way. Yeah, I guess since... Without a doubt. Yeah, it was his show today. But anyway, yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for dealing with my bullshit. A lot I wanted to get off my chest about this band. So thanks for sticking through it. Excellent. Take it easy. Peace. All right. Stop recording. Uh, Fuck uh, <laughs>